You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Myopia, or nearsightedness, affects approximately 25% of Americans between the ages of 12 and 54. Though glasses are the common quick fix to myopia, laser eye surgery has become more commonly used to correct vision problems since being introduced in the early 90s. Though over 18 million LASIK procedures have been performed worldwide, some controversy still remains regarding the maximum possible correction and efficacy using this technique. What does one of the country's top refractive surgeons have to say? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gordon. Dr. Gordon is an ophthalmologist specializing in refractive surgery at the Gordon Binder Weiss Vision Institute in La Jolla, California. Over the years, Dr. Gordon has been involved in every aspect of refractive surgery, traveling the world to learn and teach the latest refractive surgery techniques. Dr. Gordon has performed thousands of LASIK procedures and is among the most experienced laser refractive surgeons in the world. Dr. Gordon, tell us what is new in laser vision correction. Well, lasers are better, they're faster, they're more accurate, and they give you better quality of vision. And when you combine that with flaps that are generated with femtosecond lasers, you have a very accurate, visually superior procedure. Who's appropriate for this treatment? Well, anyone who has a significant amount of nearsightedness, farsightedness, or astigmatism who has a problem dealing with glasses or contact lenses. Okay, so nearsightedness or farsightedness? Yes. Okay, is age a consideration? It is, and the FDA requires a minimum age of 18. How about the upper end? There really is no upper end. I think when you get to the upper end, it's the debate of whether you do laser surgery or lens removal or early cataract surgery. What sort of pre-op evaluation is required? Well, you need a complete eye exam. You need some measurements that are specific to laser vision correction, where you measure not only the front surface of the cornea, but the back surface of the cornea. We do what's called wavefront measurements to look for optical distortions in the visual system of the eye. We measure corneal thickness to make sure there's enough cornea to do the procedure. So it's a complete eye exam with some other exams thrown in. How long does all that take? It takes about an hour of office time. Oh, so it's quick. Fairly quick, yeah. What are the success rates now for these strategies? Well, if you use 2020 as normal vision, uh, we achieve that in greater than 95% of our patients. 95%? Is the goal 2020, or can it be better? Well, it can be better. It's not necessarily to anyone's advantage to have better. And sometimes it's a detriment if you're looking to give someone not only good distance vision, but some reading vision to boot. What's the downside of having these procedures? The biggest downsides are some patients complain of dry eyes. Glare used to be a problem. It's not so much of a problem anymore. And sometimes we have to go back and do a little more surgery to fine-tune what we do initially. So I don't hear anything life-threatening in that list. Well, it's certainly not life-threatening, but you know, certainly the risk of infection and loss of vision is always there, although it's an extremely, extremely rare event. Now, what happens over time with the patients who have had this procedure? Does it last? Do they have to get it redone? Usually it lasts. Rarely you'll see someone come in years later who has to have more surgery done because their eyes have changed. But the most common things is that people wind up needing reading glasses as they get on in years. And then is there another procedure for that, or are they stuck with reading glasses? No, no, there are things we can do for that, too. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gordon. We are discussing laser vision correction. 
Now, Mickey, how important is the choice of a surgeon? Well, I think it's extremely important. And as a non-ophthalmologist, how can we assess who's good and who's not? It's a good question. I think what you need to do is look for someone who's experienced, someone who's going to see the patient, talk to the patient, and be there not only to examine them preoperatively, but also postoperatively. Does that mean hanging out with a local ophthalmologist? Do we go just by word of mouth? Who has the busiest clinic? Busy and best don't always go together. But I think, you know, it's patients. I think who are patients happy with? Did they get a good result? Was the surgeon willing to listen to him afterwards if things weren't exactly right. Now, many of our listeners are primary care docs. As a surgeon, as a refractive eye surgeon, what do you tell the primary care docs about the kind of patients that you're looking for? Again, it's patients who have some amount of refractive error, meaning they're either nearsighted, farsighted, or astigmatism, whose lifestyle demands or they want for their lifestyle whether it be what they do for a living or what they like to do recreationally, glasses and contact lenses don't work for them anymore, or they'd like to be free of the hassle of glasses and contacts. There is a good option now. So it sounds like the patients would probably complain about glasses. It's not something necessarily that we should ask on a routine physical? Not necessarily, but I think if you have someone who's active, meaning they're into you know, outdoor sports, and you see that they're wearing glasses, it may free them up. It just may make life a little bit better for them. Is there just one type of LASIK now, or are there different things that we can refer patients for? Well, LASIK is LASIK, but there are different lasers that will perform the correction. There are different ways to make the flap. I think state-of-the-art is a laser-created flap using a femtosecond laser and using wavefront-derived information to do the treatment whether it be wavefront-optimized or wavefront-guided, taking into account some of the aberrations that don't get included in a glasses prescription to make the quality of vision better afterwards. And what kind of aberrations? Higher-order aberrations. You know, the aberrations that you have corrected in your glasses are considered lower-order. Higher-order aberrations like spherical aberration. When you buy a good camera lens, spherical aberration, they're all aspheric lenses, meaning the spherical aberration has been taken out of them. Modern-day lasers that correct your vision also create aspheric surfaces to give you better quality vision. Is there any way to know that from the patient's presentation? No, I think it's something they would have to ask the surgeon, you know, what kind of treatment they're going to get. Any other things that you have to say to our listeners? Again, largely primary care doctors, but, but could be any specialist other than ophthalmology about this procedure. What do we need to know? Well, I think the procedure over the last 10 years has become much safer and much better to the point where it truly is safer than contact lenses. There are many more eyes that are lost visually to contact lens wear than ever will be lost to surgical LASIK surgery. And let's talk about that. What are the risks of contacts? Well, the major risk for vision loss is infection. And some of the infections that you wind up seeing, such as fungal infections, are sight-threatening. And those things are so rare with surgery that statistically it's not even close, which is more dangerous, really. Do you see more problems now with contacts now that people have these ultra-long wear ones? Well, I think the incidence of contact lens infections are rising. You know, there have been problems with solutions in the past and 
contamination from solutions, and people just aren't good at taking care of things that they put in their eyes. They're just, as much as you try to encourage them and warn them, they're just not very good at it. Do you think people have become a, a bit apathetic about the risks? You know, it used to be such a big deal, and it seemed like you must have to be a chemist, you know, when contacts first came out, and now they're everywhere that people just take for granted, that, that patients take it for granted, that there is... I think they do. I think it's, all oh, contact lenses... You know, I can wear them for a week. I just put them in. I forget about them. I, you know, I wear them for a month when they should be worn for a week. Yeah, it's too easy. So relative to contact lenses, the laser treatments are, are safer. Absolutely. How about relative to glasses? Well, I think glasses are safer. I don't know. What if you, can't you get your eye poked out or something if you get hit with a ball and you're wearing glasses? Well, yeah, but I mean, if you get hit hard enough to shatter your glasses, something's going to happen if you've had surgery and, you know, hits you in the eye that's not protected. If you're just joining our discussion, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Michael Gordon. We are discussing laser vision correction. Now, you mentioned that the FDA considers 18 as the minimum age. Is that at all flexible? It's really in the, at the discretion of the surgeon, you know, what age, who's a good candidate. I've operated on individuals who are in the 17, 18 age range, but they're having the surgery for a, what I consider a very good reason, and that is they're applying or want to apply for a job that has certain visual requirements, that glasses and contact lenses won't allow them to do, well, you're talking about a life-changing procedure for an individual. And so a minimum age, as long as they're properly informed, is, you know, not such a critical criteria. I'm curious, what are the rules as far as the FAA? Are, are pilots allowed to have this procedure? I believe they are. But, you know, it changes so frequently I can't keep up with it. I'm not sure what the current requirements are. How about the military? You're in La Jolla. I imagine that that might come up as well with the Navy. Yeah, actually, I did the very first refractive surgery, laser surgery for the military back in, I think it was 92, right after the first Gulf War. And right now it's accepted in the military, not for pilots yet, LASIK, but that's coming, I think. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. We've been discussing the latest in laser vision correction with Dr. Mickey Gordon. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your questions and your comments, so please visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you to access our entire program library. Thank you for listening.